And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, and today we're going to talk with Paul Caprio, director of Family Pack about his lobbying work, his personal testimony, which you will really be blessed by, and the Illinois train wreck, one of the biggest ripoffs of Illinois voters and residents and taxpayers in a long time. I'm an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We're Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, nonprofit administration, and religious freedom. You can find out more about us by going to MalkBaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or call 312-726-1243. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Today our guest is Paul Caprio, director of Family Pack, which is a leading pro-family anti-tax political action committee in Illinois. And, and Paul, uh, before we start, uh, let's pray. I want to lead us in a prayer that, Lord, your anointing be on this conversation and this interview and upon each of the listeners, Lord, that you will give to them what they need in terms of their own spiritual strength and revival. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you. Amen. Amen. Paul, uh uh, welcome and, and and tell us how you came to the Lord and how and and how the Lord led you into this lobbying for families. Uh, okay, John. At the beginning, though, John, I want to thank you and Malcolm Baker for the your the many years your firm has generously devoted to the defense of Christian liberty in this country and also in this state. And frankly, uh, your firm has been a very key instrument that I believe God has used uh, so that we can protect churches and also, most importantly, individuals, so that they can continue to have um, First Amendment uh, religious liberty protection as the founders guaranteed us. So with that, um, what, what would you, where would you like us to, <laughs> like to start, John? Well, uh Bring us back to how God started with you, or, or at least uh, uh, okay. uh, God clo- well, closed the deal. Let me uh, <laughs> let me try to uh, share my testimony, and I know there are time limitations here. Uh, I was raised in New York from what I would call a, a rather Spartan Catholic family. We did all the things that observant Catholics do. Go to church, go to confession, receive communion, uh, received the sacraments, etc. Uh, never felt uh, a direct relationship with the Lord. Yes, we believed in the Lord. Uh, always felt the relationship was with the church. Um, went to uh, Catholic high school, uh, attended Georgetown University Foreign Service School, which is, um, as you know, a Jesuit institution. Uh, slowly uh, drifted away uh, from observance of my faith uh, 
and um, then went in after after uh, college, got into Coldwater politics. I worked at the Republican National Committee for a while, uh, and then uh, set up, uh, came to Illinois, uh, and after a few years, set up my own uh, political consulting firm. Shortly after that, moved to Texas. Uh, in Texas in 1980, which was my first year down there, took on a number of different campaigns. You know, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan was on the ballot that year, so all the political consultants who were Republicans looked very good because there was a big sweep, and you know, everybody won. You were a genius. <laughs> I, w- I was I was a genius uh, in my own eyes. So after that, uh, as I looked in the mirror, I said, "Paul Caprio, Paul Caprio, you can do no wrong." And uh, then in 1982, expanded my business, uh, our, was very much in demand in terms of uh, candidates, uh, hired quite a few people, uh, took on, I guess, about five or six campaigns that year. Uh, and, of course, on Election Day, it was an off year. Reagan wasn't on the ballot anymore. Everybody lost. And I was left. By, I learned a little bit about being a small businessman without God's blessing, uh, and that was, I was left with like sixty or $70,000 worth of debt, which I needed to then pay off to uh, employees and, and others. Uh, at that point, uh, I looked in the mirror again, and I said, you know, there's something wrong in what I'm doing. There's something wrong in my life. Uh, I, I've got to get back to the faith I know. So the faith I knew was to attend Catholic Church, which actually was about 200 yards away from my townhouse in Houston, Texas. Uh, began going to church. Felt, uh, you know, I was starting to uh, get a little closer to God. Uh, one day in church, I uh, I noticed a couple of, uh, you know, Mexican. They appeared to be Im- immigrants. I mean. You know, not not well dressed uh, folks. I noticed them going up for communion, and you know, Satan said to me, "Get out of here! These are not the kind of people you want to be around." Um, and uh, you know, I I continued to go. Then I heard an announcement: there was going to be a retreat, and the retreat was not far from where I lived. So I went to this the Catholic retreat. Um, I heard a uh, lecture uh, from one of the Catholic priests, and he was talking about uh, peaceful coexistence and issues like that. I disagreed with him politically on some of the things he said. Uh, Satan said to me, get out of this whole place. This is not where you belong. And I went back to my room. I started crying. Uh, I was led back into the room, and at that point... uh, Actually, previously, I'd raised my hand and I chastised the priest. Uh, as, you, as you know, John, I tend to be very direct yes. in my comments. Uh, so I chastised this priest, went back to my room and cried. But I was led back into the room, and all of a sudden I raised my hand again, and I said, I just want to thank you for your views. You know, I don't agree with your views, but thank you that we live in, the, in a free country where we can all express. So you were, you were being buffeted back and forth by, by leading from God and leading from Satan. Yes, I was. Okay. And so at that point, I went back to my townhouse, 
I prayed a little bit. Uh, it was in the late afternoon. I prayed. I uh, then, um, you know, I got up in the morning, prayed again, uh, went to my office, uh, went into my office, closed the door, and at that point, I had uh, a divine revelation called the Pauline revelation, and uh, and at that point. Uh, the story began as to how the Lord came into my life. And this revelation began, uh, and by the way, I just want to say, you know, people say, were you conscious or unconscious? I don't know that you can define a revelation that way, at least not, not in my experience with the Lord. So anyway, the revel- this all began, uh, there was a big lake, and I was... Pulled, being pulled backwards away from the shore. And uh, there were uh, guards pulling me on, on both arms, pulling me back. And uh, then... Now, now this, um, is a, this is a vision that you're having? Uh, yeah, this you're, is, this you're is con- a vision. You're conscious, but... No, no, I wasn't conscious. I didn't feel conscious at all. I mean, my I was bl- effectively blacked out during all of this. Okay. So um, I was being pulled backward in this lake, uh, and the I was struggling not to be pulled backward. The guards were trying to pull me back. We were kind of at a Mexican standoff, you might say. And at that point, uh, someone came from the back of the lake. And this was, uh, it was not the way I ever pictured Satan because I always pictured, you know, a devil with a spear and, and red. And, I mean, that was, that was kind of my um, juvenile picture of Satan at that point in my life. But this was very different. This was a man, a very handsome man and uh, beautiful clothes, beautiful uh, Rolex watch, you know, and afterwards, as I thought about this, this was kind of like what I was aspiring to in my life at that point. So uh, anyway, he said to the guards, get out of the way, I'll take care of this myself. At that point, he took one hand and began pulling me all the way back uh, from the shore into the deep water of this lake. And at that point, um, there appeared on the shore, actually on, kind of on a cliff overlooking the side of the shore, there appeared a man. And uh, somehow uh, the man said to me, uh, put your hand out. And then I, I put my, my hand out, and uh, at that point, when I put my hand out, uh, I, I barely was able to say, yes, Lord, in a, in a voice that I could barely hear myself. All right, coming up, we'll talk further about Paul Caprio's vision and deliverance, as well as... 
big ripoff of Illinois citizens by the state legislature. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, partner of the law firm Mauk & Baker. You know, if you listen to that music, we've got to serve somebody. And we're talking to Paul Caprio, director of the Illinois Family Institute, about how he came to serve Jesus. And just before the break, he was in a struggle. He was being grabbed by Satan, and he was unconscious but aware of what was happening. And he was in his office, and a man reached out and said, reach out your hand to me, Paul. So pick up the story there, Paul. Um, yeah, so uh, at the point, so I saw the Lord on this, uh, it was actually an, uh, an elevated road was what it was. I said a cliff before. It was an elevated road from the shoreline, and he was, the Lord was up there and said to me, reach reach out your hand, I very, uh, in a very low voice, said, yes, Lord, I put out my hand. The Lord took my hand and pulled me right back up uh, onto this road. Now, the Lord <laughs> didn't look the way I ever pictured the Lord. He had a pair of jeans on, flannel shirt, cowboy boots, uh, not the way you, you think of a figure who was uh, was on Earth two thousand years ago? That's for sure. And and how did how did you how did you know it was was Jesus? What made you think it was Jesus, Paul? Well, uh, then he said uh, the Lord the Lord said to me, "I want you to come with me, uh, accept what I say, uh, and you're going to be walking down this road." And the road leads to my father's house. My father wants to show you every room in his house. But as you walk down the road, you're going to hear voices crying from that ditch, which you just came out of. When you hear a a voice crying out, go to the edge of the road Offer your hand and ask them if they accept me and my father. And then put your hand out, pull them out of the road, uh, point them in the direction of my father's house, and tell them to do the same thing. And my father has a room for you in his house. As you walk down the road, however, there are going to be... um, ruts in the road, and when you fall into one of these ruts, call on me, and I will get you out of the rut. That's it. Wow. Wow. Now, after that, you know, I woke up. I had a bunch of Christian friends, by the way, uh, you know, in when I moved to Houston, I always said, well, these guys are a little different. They don't seem to have any vices. <laughs> Always seemed to be so happy. I mean, they were different from the kind of people I had met previously in my life. Um, and you know, and, and they, they, they helped you along the path. Well, 
actually, the truth of the matter is, um, most of them, um, I had one of them had invited me to church one Sunday. I went to church. I think they gave me a Bible. Uh, we had had a Bible in our home, uh, but I never recall us reading the Bible, you know, as a family uh, when I was growing up. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, they nobody really uh, ministered me. I mean, that kind of considered me to be somebody who didn't, I didn't listen much to other people, let me put it that way. You know, I was kind of very self-centered. Uh, didn't felt like I had most of the answers to everything in life, and so I wasn't a person who would be easily ministered, I think, by another person. Uh, now that doesn't mean anything in particular because we all know that it's the Holy Spirit. You know, a- a- amen. And, 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 turns, Paul... and it's the Holy Spirit. It, you know, you can't say, well, so you know. John Malk should have ministered this person, or Paul Caprio should have ministered that person. I mean, that's not the way God works. So um, we should always be very sensitive to the responsibility of ministry. But that doesn't mean that every single person who ever comes into our life, we need to be telling them uh, all about Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, maybe some people are led that way, but... Well, no, well, God had God had a particular leading for you, Paul, which was which was into lobbying for families uh, here in Illinois, yeah, I, and, and that I was had, the path He had you on. And last week, or actually this week, uh, you issued on behalf of Family Pack a press release, and I'd like to uh, to read a portion of that so our listeners can understand uh, the tremendous. Ripoff that's been taking place and is taking place in Illinois. Uh, this is uh, titled The Illinois Trainwreck, and I'd like you to comment on it uh, when I'm done reading it. Sure. Michael Hinky Dink a Chicago alderman of old, once said, Chicago ain't ready for reform. Last week, an aided and abetted by 10 sellout Republican members, Illinois Democrats, proved that Illinois, quote, ain't ready for reform, despite the near-bankruptcy status of state government. Governor Rauner, for for two and a half years, has demanded fundamental reforms in the way Illinois does business, runaway pension costs, an end to the collection of public employee union dues by the state, ridiculous workman's compensation laws created to benefit trial lawyers, etc. Rauner was doggedly consistent. He would consider a modest tax increase in return for these and other badly needed reforms so Illinois could finally be moving in the right direction and stop the mass exodus of taxpayers and businesses from our state. As a result of the perfidy of 10 House Republicans who caved into the fake budget and 32% tax increase dictated by Mike Madigan, the governor's veto of the tax increase was overridden by a single vote. And then you list uh, various Republicans who voted to override Rauner's veto. Now, uh, tell us where they're from. Mike Fortner? Mike Fortner is from DuPage County. Steve Anderson? Steve Anderson is from DuPage, Kane County. Mike Yunez? Mike Yunez is uh, Tazewell, and he may have part of Peoria County, I believe. Bill Mitchell? Uh, Bill Mitchell is the Decatur area. David Harris. 
David Harris is uh, Cook County. He's from Des Plaines, I believe. Reggie Phillips. Reggie Phillips is uh, he, he's got Eastern Illinois University in his district, so I believe he's from Charleston. Noreen Hammond. Noreen Hammond is from Western Illinois. She's just west of Galesburg. Terry Bryant. Terry Bryant is from the Marion area, uh, right around Southern Illinois University. Uh, Chad Hayes. Chad Hayes is from somewhere east of Springfield, and I don't know the exact town. Sarah Jimenez. Sarah Jimenez represents the Springfield district. And uh, you say go on to say that these sellout Republicans that you've just named ignored us and their own constituents. Uh, you say we have a great opportunity to replace each and every one of these sellouts with real pro-family conservatives next March. In 2018, as the Madigan budget falls apart, Madigan will again need to seek help from Republicans as Illinois falls further into financial crisis. And then you say something very strong. Please call each of the sellout Republicans who made Illinois train wreck possible. Say one word, sellout, and hang up the phone. Uh, pretty radical uh, proscription here, Paul. I usually don't encourage people to hang up the phones. The question I would ask each of these ten people is, you've claimed, you not only did you run on a no-tax pledge in virtually every case, you said you were for reforms of Illinois government. So in turn for your vote, what did you get from Mike Madigan? And the answer, if it's truthful, would be nothing. They got nothing. The budget was written, designed, and shoved through the legislature by one person. His name is Michael Madigan. And um, unfortunately, these 10 people, sometimes, you know, I think God, uh, God uh, blesses persistence and patience. So if you're in a fight worth fighting for, sometimes you have to be patient. So you see, if Rahner's veto had been sustained, then the Democrats would have been faced with, are we willing to close down the schools or are we willing to do some of the needed long-term reforms that state government needs? And unfortunately, we never got to that point because these people, frankly, were more interested, uh, and in most cases at least, it got down to their own political interests, what they perceived of as... Okay, then, then let, us, let us start with this. Let us pray for these men and women, and pray for the governor, and even pray for Mike Madigan, and then take action. We're not to just pray, but we are to be citizen disciples who uh, involve ourselves... Uh, in our government for the sake of God's community and the flourishing of humanity. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Mauk and Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243. I'm going to repeat the number, 312-726-1243, or go to our website, maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Mark Baker is a Christian law firm based in Chicago which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals and their legal needs. Call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Again, our number is 312-726-1243, and the website is maukbaker.com. Our guest has been Paul Caprio, Executive Director of Illinois Family Pack. Go in the peace of Messiah.
Somebody, yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody. 